the free for all roundtable round two on round two the guy who's going to be sitting in this chair on monday while i sleep in to maybe oh i don't know five o'clock uh news talk 1010 <laughs> personality jason agnew patrick brown is the mayor of brampton and like i say dowson a montreal-based radio commentator and political pundit good morning to y'all happy friday and uh, morning. Patrick, morning patrick brown let me start with you as a fellow mayor and as a guy who's had his troubles and ups and downs um your thoughts on this being john tory's last day he will leave at five o'clock this afternoon a private citizen yeah i think today a lot of people will uh dance on his you know so-called political grave and there'll be a lot of negativity and i think it's important to remember that you know he uh you know had um a fair amount of accomplishments during his time too i thought he you know was kind and decent and generous with others and you know i was thinking how would i describe john tory and i was thinking of the fact that he ran against both Kathleen Wynne and Doug Ford. You know, those were fierce, difficult elections that were very adversarial. Um, and he ended up being friends with both of them. And I was thinking, you know, that's typical John Tory, you know, the ability to find common ground and work with anyone. Um, you know, that uh, that is who he was. And like I said, Dowson, I was on the radio in Montreal and uh, Andrew Carter asked me, how's John Tory doing? So I guess this is reached beyond our borders. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people have turned their attention to what's happened in Toronto and are kind of mystified. Here's, you know, one of the biggest cities in North America um, with this, uh, you know, scandal, the kind of scandal that we've seen more frequently in the United States. You know, the fact that he had an affair with somebody half his age who was in his employ, it just was, it was really not good. It's not a good look for Toronto. And I'd add to that that um, you know, some of us were kind of shocked when we saw what the city decided to do with the encampments in 2021, and Tory was mayor during that period, uh, clearing those people in such a brutal way, and knowing that, you know, a couple of hundred homeless people die a year in Toronto. It's not that Toronto, you know, I'm a displaced Torontonian, right? Like, you went to Toronto from Montreal, John, and I went from Toronto to Montreal. Oh, that's the way the law works. <laughs> Up and down the 401 we go. And I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm sort of shocked at the Toronto that I see now. It does seem like a Toronto more oriented by the four and by the one percent than the one that I grew up with. And I think some of it that some of that lands at John Tory's doorstep. But I, I, you know, a lot of mayors across the city and around the world, I think, are probably looking at this and thinking, uh oh, it's a cautionary tale for sure. Except in Italy and France. <laughs> especially italy yeah, yeah. Uh, jason agnew your your thoughts john tory leaves today at 5 p.m we get a new uh apparently we have to continue to call her deputy mayor but she will be the mayor yeah john i mean i was very much shocked at this and i think uh once this does blow over he will be remembered as exactly what the city needed for the time that he was here getting the city through the pandemic um so i think he'll be remembered favorably despite what's gone on at the end and i also think it's very clever for you to take monday off to get your ducks in a row to submit your application to run for mayor no you know what <laughs> i always say the same thing it's too much like a real job i i'm fine getting up at two in the morning and going golfing after nine i'm good um so bob and doug mckenzie are back together again the two characters the mckenzie brothers uh, the voice work provided by two famous sctv actors and they've been reunited through some pretty awful technology it would seem but we can set that aside for a moment uh fighting against a canadian beer tax which comes online on the first of april let's listen to a bit of it 
Good day. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? Okay, so we did a scientific taste test, and beer does not go down as smoothly with another tax hike. Beer tax is already like my brother's head, overinflated. Take off the beer tax increase, eh? Stop hosing us, you hosers. Okay, Jason Agnew, let me start with you. Uh, I love that the two of them are back together, uh, but that is also literally a performance that is being phoned in. Yeah, John, I listen, I think that uh, these guys are very iconic. It's cool. They're back together. It's great that Rick Moranis is doing things again, but I guess he refuses to leave his home. I guess he also refuses to know what Zoom is or how to record on a cell phone. I, 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 you know, we're talking about it and that's great. I have a, I'm an audio guy. I'm a radio guy. I have a really hard time getting over this. And when I heard it the first time, I just kind of thought, well, this is unacceptable. Patrick, Brown, of course, the point is to grieve this tax, and that may be fairly effective because I'm sure, you know, Canadian beer drinking is a way of life, and Canadians don't want to pay more for their beer. Well, I didn't even know there was going to be a, a new beer tax, yeah. so um, obviously it's not getting the recognition um, or the attention uh, that uh, you would think, and so I, I guess techniques like this will, will will create a better recognition that, that there's a new tax coming. Although it does amount to, and like I say, Dowson, as they used to call them, a sin tax. I mean, almost every single budget, provincially and federally, slapped something on cigarettes and alcohol. So, you know, why make an exception now? Yeah, I think it's really clever, though, of the beer makers. For those of us who remember Doug and Bob in their heyday, and who listen to their 12 Days of Christmas song every year, just the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, you know, it's a very smart move on their part, although I agree it's, it lacks a certain, you know, oomph uh, in terms of its performance. I don't know. I, I don't, 6%, I mean, most of us aren't drinking that much. I'm not, I don't know, I can't see a lot of people taking umbrage at this one, but I think it's a pretty good advertising coup overall. Yeah, I, I think most people are on the same page as Patrick Brown, and they didn't know about the tax. So at the very <laughs> right. least, this got the debate going. And we're happy they bought airtime, because that's how to get your point across. Uh, an MPP here in Ontario is pushing for to encourage corporations to improve diversity on their boards. Uh, Patrick Brown, I'll start with you. I know Jerry Agar was four square against this. I don't think we should use legislation, but I think we should encourage it because if boards do not represent the composition racially and gender-wise of the population, then it means that people are not actually being recruited and we're just going with more of same, white men. Yeah, I think you need to have an honest conversation about what segments of society have not, you know, reflected um, society. And you know, like I, I look at municipal government. I look at firefighting. It, it, it doesn't reflect. Um, it doesn't reflect the community. And so, in, in that scenario, that we have to do a better job. I think it's entirely appropriate to look at corporate Canada and say, does it reflect? The country. I think this is actually based on the capital markets report that Doug Ford um, had commissioned. It was actually a good friend of mine, Walid Solomon, who was the chair of that. Um, and he lives and breathes uh, uh, Bay Street as a visible minority. And so, you know, I, I think um, anyone who is on Bay Street knows that it hasn't caught up with the rest of the country. And I think that's it's good that. There's some conversation about this. You know, I don't think a opposition private members bill is going to pass, but I think the conversation on this is helpful. Yeah, Jason Agnew, Patrick Brown was mentioning uh, firefighting and police forces and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, think of the TTC. Years ago, they were universally white, even as minorities grew in the city. And it was only when they started setting targets that they started hiring people. And it's not like a guy from India can't drive a bus. 
No doubt. Um, and, and this just seems like uh, the corporation should govern themselves here. I don't know about legislation for this, but sure, a nudge is fine. But as far as putting something in place where it's you know, you're mandated to do something like this, that seems seems rather strange to me. And like I say, Dawson. Doesn't seem strange to me as a member of an underrepresented minority, which is female people. Which is actually majority. Uh, you know, I, I do think that people tend to hire people who look like them. So if the groups in charge are mostly composed of white men, they tend to hire a privileged white men. They tend to hire white men. And in the case of Bay Street, privileged white men. So I, I mean, that's no guarantee of representativity necessarily that we've changed up and made more diverse the boards and stuff, but it's certainly a good start because if you don't push it in a serious and organized way, it's not going to happen. And the proof is that all these years now we've been talking about this, there haven't been very many changes in terms of diversity on these powerful boards and organizations. And I think we need to do that. The country is changing and it's not, it's not something to be afraid of. It's something to deal with and embrace. I always enjoy salting in a bit of pop culture, and uh, let's sit back and enjoy or lament. Kevin O'Leary uh, <laughs> the, uh, of uh, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank uh, posting a video of himself uh, buying or receiving a watch that is valued anywhere between $100,000 and $700,000. It's incredible. I can't believe I'm holding it. The only one in the world. And like I say, Dowson, <laughs> wretched excess, you know, fill your boots with valuable watches, I guess. But don't make a video and think it's going to make you popular. I don't, I just don't get this. It's so ridiculous. So many of us are having difficulty paying for our groceries. And this guy is like, I don't even know how to describe the fawning tone of his voice there. It's like, yuck, I don't know. Just seems way out of touch with what's going on around him. But, you know, he's a rich guy. You'd argue that he's been out of touch for a while now. Uh, Jason Agnew, I make no secret of the fact that I like watches, but I'm not going to make a TikTok video of me and I'm never going to get a $100,000 watch. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand what the purpose of this was. Um, we are talking about it, but Kevin O'Leary does pop up and chat here and there. I'm just kind of baffled as to this. And also, I haven't worn a watch forever. Um, I just use my phone. So is it pushing watches? Is, like the watch company paid him to do this? I don't really get what's happening. Well, I think that's probably it. Patrick Brown, there's all kinds of influencers out there, and they've never paid for their Prada purses. They get them for free so long as they make a video. Yeah, you know, the, yeah. My, my first response is read the room. <laughs> At a time <laughs> yeah, people are, exactly. are struggling with inflationary pressures and interest rates, uh, um, he must be being paid for this because it's just uh, um, ludicrous otherwise. Interesting statement of claim filed yesterday. The Dominion uh, company that makes machines that counts votes uh, says that Fox News hosts knew all too well that the 2020 election fraud claims were fake, but they decided to go ahead with them because they made for great television. And like I say, Dowson, it's a pretty damning report. I mean, they've got the texts and the emails. Yeah. And I think it goes to this idea that, you know, Fox goes right out on a limb and basically makes stuff up in order to keep its audience and its ratings. And, uh, and it plays a really dangerous role in a democracy when you know a broadcast source like that is basically flat out lying. Because we have evidence that Tefer Carlson and Laura Ingram and all these people behind the scenes were saying this is absolute nonsense and worse. 
So it's really, I, f- I find that really upsetting because I think it goes to the larger cynicism that a lot of us uh, are seeing about the media, about the importance of news and reporting and the decline of responsible media and reporting. I, I, anyway, I'm glad to see that it's out there because a lot of us suspected it and there it is. It's just really, really terrible. We'll have to call it there. Thanks for the great talk. Patrick Brown, Jason Agnew, and like I say, Dowson. And I hope everybody has an absolutely fantastic weekend. I hope for most of you, it is a long weekend, in which case, savor it. And as we make our way through February, it'll be March 1st uh, pretty soon. So uh, enjoy it. Maybe spend some time with your family. Maureen Holloway was lamenting earlier this morning that we don't have cards. We don't have any ceremonies that we do. So just do what you want. It's time for the 9 o'clock news. Take off, eh? Catch the roundtable. Round 1 at 745. Round 2 at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.